When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Route Report podcast. Recording this one after the Ottawa Senators thumping of the Toronto Maple Leafs 7-3. Well, it wasn't really a thumping, but we'll get into that. As always, joined by Jason in this one. How's it? going guys yeah thump i think thumping is a fair word odd odd week where it it's was an odd game odd week yeah. odd game like this was i don't even know what the fuck to think about this week. what the hell uh what is happening this season with this team oh my god i i don't know a lot of up a lot of down just like ping pong it feels like it's still early though i i don't want to like it's still very, very early. We're still only 12, was it 13 games in this season now? This is game 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, 13. Still feels early. I think mm-hmm. there's there's some positive things that we're going to talk about. There's some negative things, obviously, that we're going to talk about. But I think mm-hmm. it's important to look at the positive things and look at the negative things. I think the uh, negative things can be fixed. And I think the positive things are like repeatable good outcomes that like are not like fluke like the I, I, all i'm trying to say is like the good things it's like not like we're winning games just based on an inflated like on ice shooting percentage like certain teams out west in vancouver like it's like our offense looks good so like anyways we'll get into that, that, that later, <laughs> <laughs> well oh, uh, a team out west i wonder which one it is oh it's in, in vancouver, vancouver too. <laughs> uh, i wonder um, which team he's talking about there but, but yeah uh, you're being talk- way too positive this was it's it's still more brain farts, but like it's not to me this week wasn't like the rest where it was oh a guy th- actually a guy did fall over, but he he, had, he did a lot more <laughs> than fall over. Klingberg, it's it's like, that oh, ice, man. fell over, oh like flubbed off of his stick and ended up on the other team back of the net. Oh, like a, just a bad decision here that's uncharacteristic, whatever. Like this week to me, it was just like the defensively was awful. I, I tried to calculate it, but like it was honestly dishonest data. I'd call it if I tried to, but this week there was, I could just say it. I didn't have to c- calculate it this week. The amount of times that the other team, the opposing team scored right after the Toronto Maple Leafs scored was way too much. It happened way too much specifically against Buffalo. It happened way too much specifically tonight against Ottawa. Like there, there are defensive issues on this team and it's not just the defensemen who are awful, but it, it, like the fourth line is unplayable. They, so, they <laughs> like, like, what? let's just like, yeah, like let's just get into these past couple of games that you're talking about here. Like Sorry, I want to, first a, of all, touch. Disaster, no, you're right good. Now. You're this good. You're good. No, brutal. because th- this is exactly the, the area that we want to tread right into. Right. And you're hitting the nail on the head here with the, the goals <laughs> after we scored. And, I'm sorry, like, yeah, it's bad defensively, but there's only one person to blame for this. Is it's Sheldon Keefe. We're home ice against Buffalo. We have last change. They're throwing out their first line, their second line. Why in God's name after we just scored are we throwing out our fourth line? Twice to get scored on twice, literally directly after a goal. That is bad coaching. Straight up, that is bad coaching. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if you want to get the fourth line a shift. Get him a shift on the fly. Don't get him a shift against the other team's best line against an electric, like a, a team that has like a decently electric top six in the Buffalo Sabres who can score, who are good offensively, who can generate off the rush, who are quick. And that fourth line is not quick. Uh, so that 
but it's also on top of that. Yeah. The fourth line going out there at the same time as John Klingberg is ECHL level hockey. This is it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's malpractice is what it is. <laughs> I, I I have to look into it, but the amount of times that they've been scored on when that combination is on the ice is just inexcusable at this point. Like they're running around with their heads cut off. I remember Florida, it was the same thing. It was, but the, the, the big thing and the, the, the most glaring thing about the fourth line is your $2.4 million center is the one making mistakes in this situation, yeah. in these situations, him and John Klingberg who makes 4.1. It's not Noah Gregor. It's whenever Noah Gregor actually is last man back because, because why, why would Noah Gregor be last man back or spotting for a D man? Because John Klingberg goes on a cowboy run and then it's, David Camp going, well, I, I play center, so I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sit in my center spot. It's like, no, no, Noah Gregor is center in this situation. He's on the puck. You need to get to the wing, which he doesn't, and it ends up in the back of the net. Like it, anyways, what were we gonna get into? I'm so frustrated right now. Uh we basically touched on everything we're gonna get into off the top, just the good, the bad, what we're missing, and if it's panic time, but yeah, like I think we just need to stick with these games here. And I, I want to touch on something that you brought up right there. And uh, you mentioned Ryan Reeves. So when Ryan Reeves and Klingberg on, on the ice, feels like more minus goals nine, minus nine in 13 games playing less than eight minutes a night. Yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not good. For the Ryan issue is Reeves, when I, like a lot of these plays, you go, oh, well, like he didn't make the defensive mistake on this play here. He didn't like, it wasn't his fault defensively that this player got behind him, whatever. Like there was a goal. I remember Noah Gregor broke his stick. He went to the bench and then it just, it left open a hole and there was a whole defensive catastrophe. I, I don't know if this was this week or last week, whatever, but it's the fact, like the reason that all these defensive mistakes keep coming up is because Ryan Reeves can't hold the puck in the offensive zone. He's a black hole. And when he's back checking, he's slow as hell and he looks insanely tired. And that's where you start to get chances going the other way. And then that's where defensive breakdowns occur. Listen, like there are, when you break down a goal in its hole, and it's, oh, this player didn't go here. This player didn't do X. This player was taking over for this player. So they should have been doing this, right? You also have to look at the fact that why are they in that scenario in the first place? Like if you're relying on a, a, a winger to play D, a winger's never going to play defense to the level that a defenseman does. And we learned that very clearly last year from watching Mitch Marner playing defense, right? You remember Nico Hishier yeah. putting him in a blender, putting him in yeah. the washing machine, right? So you have to look at that too. Ryan Reeves not having the puck ever is allowing for a lot the puck to come out of the offensive zone into the defensive zone and allowing for more defensive mistakes. Now that's not a pass on David Camp. He's been fucking terrible too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, they've they've both been bad in the fourth line. It's been bad, and you know what? Maybe that was a blind spot for us in us thinking that like David Camp was good away from like there was clear data indicating that David Camp really only worked on the Leafs when he was playing with. Um, Pierre Engvall. Oh my goodness! Say, say that again. Sorry. Pierre Pierre, yeah, Pierre Engvall. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Pierre Engvall on the wing last year. And I kind of ignored that data. Maybe I was wrong. Like maybe those people were right. Who knows? Like he does, definitely doesn't look good. You think that no. someone like Noah Gregor who can, I don't want to say like replicate Pierre, what Pierre, but like kind of a similar, he's like a speed guy who can transition. He's I guess. Like that's, a, it. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. So that's it. I, I have know. a problem with people putting him up in the lineup. What does he do other than skate fast forward? Nothing. Like it, no, he's like the perfect. Is, that's fine. That's he's fine. He's the perfect fourth line player. You need that player. on your he's fourth amazing. line. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, Throw some hits. Skate really fast forward. Skate with the puck out. Occasionally generate a chance by causing a strip. Outside yeah. of that, though, he has no offensive ability. He has zero finishing ability. He has zero passing ability. He's a fourth liner with good speed. If you put him up into the third line, he's just going to still be that—a fourth liner with speed. He's not the issue, even though he's. I don't know. He's been whatever. He's been fine. Seven league men. Why not paying someone yeah, almost twice the amount of him that is not doing anything. Yeah, no, Other I, than trying I, to fight with five minutes left in a game. That was pathetic. <laughs> All right. Enough about the fourth line. Let's move off the fourth line. Let's 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 because I guess that kind of encapsulates our problem and our issues with like the I guess we'll, we'll also talk about our problem and the issues with the 
Buffalo game and the Sanders game. I want to touch on like some positive things from the Bruins and the Lightning game. Like I feel like we played really well in the Lightning game after that. Like before we get well, into positives, one thing John Klingberg took four fucking shifts in the third period and still got scored on, where he was caught in La La Land. I understand it was a three on two the other way. The offense was pushing. So that's where you got you got caught three men deep. That happens yeah. when you're down a goal late in the third period. What shouldn't really be happening happening is your defenseman, you know, being caught in between two spots and just standing there. He's done that twice this week. Where okay, it's not the most ideal defensive scenario. Okay, what's going to happen? He just stands there and he he like flinches. What are you doing? Just lie down on the fucking ice. That's way more effective than what you're doing. Anyways, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm. Listen, you, you. There's two ways to look at this week. We won two games and we lost two games. Yeah, obviously we won two games in overtime, which is not the best thing in games. the world. But we, oh, sorry, no, we lost. We, we lost. We, we lost, lost two games lost in overtime. One, one Good comeback effort. Like, yeah, was was okay. It was an okay effort. I don't know. Two goals against that. Bruins team was whatever they had 3d out but we had two so didn't show a lot of character on the Logan play but we'll get into that lost so lost that game Buffalo scored a lot of goals lost that game too Monday Tampa Bay almost lost that game almost got booed out of the stadium that was a fun found one, a way to win and we're on a hideout and we're pushing forward let's go everyone was trashing Bertuzzi into this going into this game Bertuzzi scores in this game and then they fell flat on their face yeah yeah listen it's this it, it's it not a bird like this, it's not a what? plane it's a ball <laughs> trimmer set from space you like that transition <laughs> i like that. gentlemen our friends over at manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand newer lawnmower 5.0 ultra we're talking a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine you can get a mohawk going on down there if you want uh, upgrade your grooming game to the ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code rink rat that is r-i-n-k-r-a-t high tech for low places manscaped i love how they it. The 4.0 is great, but the 5.0, as they it's almost like it's, it's a plus one to the, to the four. <laughs> but no, actually, okay, quickly before we get into the next next little thing we're going to touch on here, uh, <laughs> like, should you go to jail if you shave your mustache during November? Like, shave? yes, right? No, yes. Well, I'm trying to find a way to put Arthur Smith in jail. Anyways, um, my but, he, he <laughs> shaved his mustache. His mustache. During yeah, like, is that not psych? Like no, no, I'm not talking about like trimming. That's fine. Like completely just had it and then just shaved it all off like six days in. Weird stuff. Anyways, six uh, days in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy. Like maybe five days in. Craziest anyway. thing on November first is when like guys you you, you go full. Like I cheat. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. It just like it 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 shows and accentuates how much like the beard is like makeup for men. Like, because when you get rid of this <laughs> spot down here, just makes your nose look that much bigger. And like this upper lip just looks so bare. It looks so weird when a guy like shaves it all off. You look like you look bare. You look like a turtle without a shell. <laughs> that's a great way. Like, honestly, that, that's, I was trying to describe how TJ Brody looks without his beard. And that's the best way to put it or like any facial hair, but yeah, whatever. He's, he's a, Good for him for doing the the battle. I'm I'm also trying to do it. I don't know if anyone can notice. Anyways, uh, sorry, (laughs) it's all good. Uh, You wanted to. You were asking a question, and Mm -hmm. I think we were asking it last week, saying if there's some troubles going into this week, we might need to start talking about it. And I think the biggest thing that is is the is is it is it panic time? Are you panicking right now? Is this like, listen, you obviously aren't aren't impressed with the performance. I wanted to ask you this. I wanted to hear what you had to say first because... Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first because I go don't ahead. think so because I think... And I want to touch on this in a bit, but I think the positive things that are happening are like... I'm I, Like, it's a season, right? Like, it's not like we don't... If you have to... This is not, this is not soccer, right? 
a loss is not as like impactful to us as it is for like a a, a, a team in the EPL that's trying to become first in the stands because that's how you win your league choice. It doesn't matter. This team is making the playoffs. You would need some. You would need a, a a meteor to come out of the sky for this team to not make the playoffs. And people could think I'm crazy, but I like I I I watch this team. I see the way that they play. I think this team is beyond capable of making the playoffs and will make the playoffs basically no matter what, unless again, catastrophic injury occurs where multiple, multiple stars get hurt. Knock on wood. That's the only way I can see this team not making the playoffs. So that's why I'm not panicking right now. There's also a couple things that I've seen that I'm liking. Like we're seeing our top nine potentially clicking and I'll, I'll get into that later, but like that is such a massive note because that has been the crux of this team for legitimately the last six years. Right, they're not the last six years since we lost Nazem Kadri. That's kind of been the crux is that the lack, that lack of depth past the second line. That was our crux. On top of that, our other crux was not good goaltending. Joseph Wall horrible last night. I'm a I'm a Joseph, Tonight, but I'm yeah. a Joseph Wall apologist. I'm a Joseph apologist. I tried to make a a pun there. It's really bad, but I still think he's good. I'm not gonna break the kid over the coals for one bad game against Ottawa. He didn't play well tonight. Let's be honest. Like he did not play well tonight. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but I think he's like, he looks like a good enough goalie to me. And on another note, other than being a Joseph apologist, terrible pun again. Uh, I think, like I said, our goaltending, I think Ilya Samsonov, he's done it in the past where he had some really poor stretches last year, but he's turned not it around, right? Yeah, again, it's really bad, but we've seen goaltenders flux up and down, right? I'm going to bank on Samsonov kind of coming back up. I'm going to buy the positive. I'm going to be buying the positive regression on Elias. Yeah. So to, to summarize why I'm not panicking, top nine potentially maybe is sorting out. Goaltending looks better, but our defense looks like absolute dog. So that is something I'm actually starting to maybe worry about. So. so the big thing is also with Timothy Lilligren's injury with regards to the defense, and then I'll get into the goaltending. Timothy Lilligren's injury is a high ankle sprain. From what I've heard from every single person that has ever suffered this injury, it takes a long time to get back to 100%. Even after you're cleared four to six weeks or whatever it is, you never come back the same. You remember Mitch Marner had a high ankle sprain? Um, the year after, I think it was the, his first year into his contract, his contract extension there. It took a while for him to get back to normal and look like Mitch Marner again. I mean, that was probably also other factors involved in that as well. But I think the high ankle sprain did affect him for a long time. And I think it's going to affect William um, Timothy Logan for a long time as well. So you got Connor Timmons coming back. Okay, can he play third pair right day D? Yes, I don't doubt. Well, coming back from an injury too, how is he going to rebound from that injury? I would probably put him on a conditioning stint first to then be able to assess that. I think that's probably the best, what they're going to be doing. And if they're not, then I'd really ask why, because the conditioning stint is there. (laughs) You can just use it to see what level he's at. He's been out for a little while, so. Yeah, in terms of second line right D, right now to me you don't have one. I can't you cannot rely on Timothy Logren to play up to a, that level that he was at the beginning of the season now. And if he's not at that level, like was he really an all-world second pair defenseman? No. No. So, could there, he be there's... a third pair maybe after this injury? I'm I'm I don't like this is the People aren't talking enough about that injury. Like, oh, he could just walk back in and be McCabe's partner again. No, it's not the same defenseman. It's a high yeah, ankle sprain. Yeah, high ankle sprain. There's a difference between, like you mentioned, like coming back is not the same as coming back 100%, right? Mm-hmm. And with high ankle sprains, just like with how much football like I, I consume and, and see, like you can see that these guys come back maybe two to four weeks, right? But they're not themselves until six, seven, eight, almost sometimes nine weeks later. Sometimes they don't even look themselves the entire season. They need a full like summer of rehab to bring all the muscles and the surrounding muscles back from like being basically stuck for for that long, right? So, yeah, that that's a, that's a big one because on top of that, like if Timothy Lilligren's not your number two, what is he to us, right? Like, and do we have time to wait for him? 
like not really, right? So it's it's he's either okay, right? No, like he's playing pretty it's, well it's, for the injury, It's not, but... yeah. He's he's playing well, but it, it's like if he's not going to be what he was playing at before the season, at what point do we like, like one that kills his development? He's already twenty four, right? He's not not getting like much younger. He's got it. Like he's listen. He's shown ability to be a top four, but if he's not a top four yet, like if he's not confirmed for in our eyes to be like a hundred percent a quality top four defenseman. Where where does he fit here? And then on top of that, it's like we already have not that we already have a third pairing right defenseman, but that's like supposed to be clean for as well. So it's like we're in a very stuck situation here because listen, obviously I think I'd rather have Lilligren right now than John Klingberg as 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 a third right D, depending on who the second right D is. But there's so there's too many factors going on where it's like we have a hole at, at two right D and neither of them right now looks promising. I would rather have 50-year-old Paul Coffey right now than John Klingberg or however old Paul Coffey is. I know I, I like I laid out what Klingberg was in the offseason. I said complete wild card out there, can move the puck really well, skates really well. But I said like he's very weak and he's pro he's atrocious defensively. You're going to have to play him correctly, right? That's why I said it's not going to be like TJ Brody. It's not going to be like Tyson Berry because Hopefully we've learned from that. And you're going to play, you're going to put John Klingberg in a more correct rule. Well, your second pair right D goes down and what happens? You have to play him more. And he's been not bad, but an abomination, horrific, horror awful. However you want to put it, he's been dog shit so far. This is a horrible fucking week. I think the best way to put it is like, he's just experienced a comedy of errors. Like, it's just everything that he Caused does. Caused like, the comedy of errors. Yeah, it, it's that. That's like the best way to describe. Falling it. at the wrong time, <laughs> like just multiple times. Breakout, like just every like, breakout, he picks the wrong side to go to. You're a good skater. Go to where there is space. And every time he tries to turn back into traffic, and he loses it every single time. I remember watching. Uh, it was, I was rewatching the Tampa game. I think it was. And he got the puck and turned it over three times in one shift. Turned it over. Was able to get the puck back. Okay, awesome. Turned it over. Got the puck back. Okay, awesome. Turned it over. And with every turnover, it was a better sort of look for Tampa, but they weren't able to get anything done. Just like, I I don't get it. Dude, just glass and fucking out at that point. After the second one, aren't you just begging for the puck to be off your stick? Like, I, I, I don't, I honestly don't know what to say. I actually don't know what to say about like John Klingberg. Like, you uh, can turn to any channel, any podcast, tomorrow. they're gonna be talking about John Klingberg. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just how oh, bad yeah. he's been. He just hasn't been good, um, and that's the best way to put it. And like, no. I don't, I don't know. The don't weird know. part I thought so, I saw in the Tampa game. Did you notice they started with Riley on PP1 and then switched to Klingberg? During the game? Yes. I didn't notice that. I was like, what the hell? All right. Is that like is that punishment? Like I don't know what that's that, what I don't it know is. What it like, was. I was like taking away his ice time for like weird. a second. Yeah. I don't it know. Was before, it was before the game started. He hadn't made a mistake yet. Good on One you. One thing's for certain. I know analytically the expected goals for numbers per 60 or better last year with Riley on the power play than this year with Klingberg, uh, Klingberg. But I, I test just tells me that it's, I still think Klingberg's better, even though like, listen, I, I'm not going to say he's good at all. If I don't I still, what about I the like goals Klingberg. percentage? Like the, the number of I, goals. So the goals, goals per 60s. I feel like it's probably up because it feels like our, our power play is humming way more this year than it was <laughs> last year. I can check it right now, but I mean, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. That's going to impact it, right? If your power play gets cut short because you score a goal, you have yeah. less chances to throw empty shots at the net. Right? That's a good point. That's actually but. a great point. I'll have to look into that more. Oh, but on yeah. top of we didn't mention this mistake. John Klingberg six on five uh, shot straight into the shin pads. That was crazy. It goes back the other way. That was like, that was another one. Like, all right, sometimes we complain about Riley not having the best handles, whatever. At least Morgan Riley knows. You are the least the- important person on the ice there. You get the puck to one of the more important <laughs> players and you get the fuck out of the way and you create some space somehow. John Klingberg hasn't figured that one out yet. 
so maybe. will john klingberg turn it around i mean he's a swede and they they're wired differently they are this very laid back people uh, if he even so much as opens the radio or his phone i think he's just going to be his his confidence is going to be completely torpedoed and there is no chance in getting him back but could he turn it around i mean you have to play him to his strengths and that's it right can you do that right now? No, you don't have a second line right defenseman. You actually didn't have a second pairing left defenseman either, but hopefully McCabe's back soon. So, and hopefully they don't put McCabe with Klingberg, but then who are you putting McCabe with? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a disaster. At this fucking right, point. Listen, the, the only answer right now is that we're going to go look at, at the Calgary Flames and we're going to try and pluck as many defensemen from them from Brad Trilliving's old team as we can. So let's get back to the question here. Are you panicked? Is it panic time yet? Are you close to panicking? What's your panic level? Um, what is my panic level? It's the highest it's been since 2019, 2020. It's at that level. Like okay. it, it's, it's very, very like, high. Like fire, fire, coach level of panic kind of but like i don't know what the coach can do with this this roster at this point the coach yeah. didn't sign ryan reeves that's fair right the coach yeah. didn't sign extend david camps to that level uh to that contract right the coach didn't injure john jake mccabe like right now you have riley brody which is nobody's talking about because Everything they're, else is such a mess behind them, but they're playing well. They were good, yeah. Right? They've been good. Yeah. They've been solid. Yeah, together and all fa- like they finally. I like, like them together. They're they are really play- well. Morgan Riley's playing much better hockey this year. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's insane how we have not pointed out thousands of defensive mistakes from Morgan Riley this season. I mean, Sam Cos mentioned it. I think he suspected. I think he theorized that Riley was hurt last year, but even the year before that, he still looked like junk in the defensive zone but he's been he's gone- great this year brody's been fine he's been solid that penalty was in an unopportune time but he's they've yeah. both been solid it's just behind them who's behind them 40 year old mark giordano who's playing way more than they would like john klingberg willie lag willie Lagason, and simone benoit yeah not good and i will say it, it looks like this year, Morgan Riley's done a lot better job at like his puck. I don't want to say puck tracking, but just like puck lines and using like manipulating his body and other people's bodies to like win puck battles. I think he's done a really, really yeah. good job at that this year. And it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it's that's something maybe he worked on in the offseason because it feels like that's like the biggest improvement to his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because I, it feels like we're not seeing those extended zone times anymore because yeah. he's not letting them get like set up in the zone, right? He's making sure that yeah, they exactly. off of the entries. We're not seeing him stand at the top of the circles and just like try to do goalie moves or whatever we used to see before. Like it, yeah. we, we're, I'm noticing a lot less of opposing team zone entries and then prolonged uh, possessions before they yeah. even get past the top of the circles, right? Where they're they're stopping up, they're waiting, they're waiting and making a play from there. I'm not, I haven't noticed a, like anything from from Riley in yeah. that sort of respect, right? So, no. yeah, I think he's done a, a much better yeah, job know. this year. So, kudos to him. Yeah. But I mentioned I mentioned coaches being fired right now. Sheldon mm-hmm. Keith is twenty to one on DraftKings to win the Jack Adams award. That's wrong. He should not be 20 to one to win the Jack Adams award. I don't see a path for him to win the Jack Adams award at all this year. But if you do want to bet on the Jack Adams award and you do want to bet on the national hockey league, the best place to do so is draft Kings sports book. Uh, listen, I love to use DraftKings, So you should probably use DraftKings to the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that is even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener every game day uh, throughout this NFL season. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app 
right now and use code THPN. That's code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets. When you bet five on the NFL, that's $5 on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new York. 467369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake, Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash Football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gambling resources here. So, because we just we just talked about how we're worried, how we're panicked. Talk about some positive things because this is an exercise that I like to do. Before we Every get into I- that, the one thing that I do want to point out, um, I sent a message and I was curious to see what he had to say to uh, Jordan Jordan Schmaltz. I'm not sure if you remember him. First round pick to the St. Louis Blues in 2012, I believe it was. Uh, former Blues defenseman, Chicago Wolves, Toronto Marlies. Um, now does trying. He's doing media stuff. He has a podcast, and I was asking him. I'm like, is it panic button for the Leafs? He said, no, not yet. But they aren't going anywhere other than maybe the second round with that decor. They need some heavy bodies back there who defend the net and instill fear into opponents. They don't have any of those types of D currently in their makeup. Um, he said the D and the goalie are issues. The goalie, I mean, I think the goaltending short term is not playing very well, but yes. I think we'll turn it around. I mean, there's there's a tr- somewhat of a track record of Ilya Samsonov. He's just mentally in the worst place possible. And Joseph Wall, I don't know what the hell happened tonight because he made some good saves, and then he made three horrific mistakes. But I, I wanted to bring that up because – Think about it. Like, who's the Leafs? Remember when we brought in? I'm going to backtrack now because I I tried to mend two thoughts into one. Number one, yes, they don't have a defensive defenseman. They they don't really have a Jake Muslin replacement. They have Jake McCabe, who's a good defensive defenseman. Sure, is he that physical? Yeah, he's he's barely physical. I feel like they could use another one of those though to play. Hopefully, top four, right? So there's that. On top of that, do you remember when Ilya Labushkin came in? Yeah. It felt like a different feel. They brought in Mark Giordano too, but it was a different feel. Like I, I feel like the Leafs are giving up a lot of like just shitty chance goals. There's like, oh, off of Alex Tuck's shoulder and in, off this guy's dick and in, whatever, right? Off this guy's dick onto the other team's stick and in. Well, those chances happen less when you're actually able to clear the front of the net. The Leafs are struggling mightily to clear the front of the net right now. So I think it spoke well into uh, what Jordan was saying there. Like you need, you need more defensive defensemen back there. You you just need better defensemen for that fucking matter. But yeah. All right. Let's let's, get into the positives. No, let's, let's skip over the positives and let's stick with that because I wanted to talk, I wanted to go positives and then what we're missing and what we could acquire. And like, let's just skip over okay, the positive right let's, now. Let's, let's reverse it. Yeah. Let, let's go directly into like what the Leafs should acquire and who like the, like the elephant in the room is the Calgary flames. Like that is the elephant in the Maple Leafs room right now. And you don't, you got to think at some point, like, I don't know if it's disrespectful to reach out to them now, but like yeah. I, so the rumor is, according to Elliot Friedman, they've checked in on Zadorov, I believe, who has one year left on his contract. Chris Tanev also has one year left on his contract. Tanev is a guy that we've spoken of in the past. He's a really good defensive defenseman. He's on the older end, so sure, like our injury is a bit of a concern, kind of. But yeah, I would say so, sure. But I think he would be more than a welcome addition. I would like Chris Tanev way more than Zadorov. I think he's way better defensively. I understand what Zadorov brings, like just the fear of God when he just goes to hit you because he's mm-hmm. six foot six. But I think his defensive game overall isn't as strong, but I need to look into it more. I will I will say that. But is Zadorov a decent defenseman still? Yes. I think he's a fine third pairing defenseman. 
The issue would be if you acquire him to play 20 minutes a night, he's not that. So you're, you're, you're really not improving your team all that much. So yeah. Tanev, then Zadorov, sure. Weger, a thousand percent, but I don't think you have oh my cap space for it. Yeah. Uh, and Zadorov looks like at five on five, he roughly averages. Oh my God. If I can just zoom in here on this number, he roughly averages around 16, let's call it 16 and a half, 16 and a third minutes at five on five a game. Doesn't play penalty a lot killing of. Also sucks. That just came to my head. Penalty killing has been atrocious this season. Yeah, he plays like a minute thirty on the on the penalty kill too. So like, let's call it like, or, let, no, let's call not... it eighteen ish minutes. He could, he's he's okay. a defenseman who can play us. He can log eighteen minutes for us a game. Maybe squeak twenty, but I mean we don't want him to squeak twenty. More. I haven't I haven't watched much of Nikita Zadorov, but just looking at his underlying head. numbers, he's actually a sneaky, incredibly good offensive defenseman. That might be the role that he's utilized in. But but when he's on the ice, it seems that they are actually creating like that. Maybe that's probably part of the reason why he's a good defensive defenseman. Or, sorry, not defensive, but like why he doesn't have poor defensive numbers is because it seems that that the team generates a ton when he like he's almost like last year he was like chart breakingly good offensively. Like his X gar was literally fourteen, which is higher than what Morgan Riley's like three year X gar was in his best year. So like. Obviously not like he's not an offensive defenseman, but expected for some reason, placement, his overall value. I mean, yes, it's, it's just for some reason, good things happen when he's on the ice. And it could just be like you said, like a fear and intimidation factor. Do you think there's anyone like we touched on the two guys in Calgary? We touched on Mackenzie Weger. Are there any defensemen available outside of those guys that like could potentially be of interest at all? Like, I'm just trying to think of some teams that are, I don't know. I don't know what Pareko's contract is. I've heard maybe his name floated around before, but it seems like they're trying to make a push this year. So I'm not yeah, the too, Blues, too sure there. The Blues don't strike me as a team. I, I know the thing with the Flames is that with what happened to them last year, they're them kind of being uncertain with so many guys in UFA. They're like kind of a, a perfect storm right now where they look like they're going to tank and it's like going to take a lot for them not to. New coach, no pe- yeah. teams are not responding to. New GM struggling to sign all, all of their, uh, not all of them, but struggling to get guys extended to their team. Like what? Lindholm, Hannafin's not Stella signing. Extended. So Hannafin's not there. signing. Z- Zadorov, like we mentioned. Uh, Tanev, like we mentioned. Tons of guys on this Calgary Flames team that, I mean, are looking like, who else? Uh, I guess... No, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But still, like, mm-hmm. y- you got to re-sign Lindholm. You got to re-sign Hannafin. You got to re-sign one of Tan Evers or Dorov. Neither of those guys seem like they want to sign. So their entire decor is basically, uh, other than Uyghur and uh, Anderson, just not, not, not doing it for them. So they're not looking to extend. So that, that's like the perfect storm. I, St. Louis, I don't know if they, they would. I don't know what's I, I don't going know. on there. Yeah, right. I, I think I think honestly it might be too early to tell with like maybe I I kind of threw you under the bus there with that question because like just thinking about it now it's probably way too early to tell because yeah. so many teams feel like they're good right like the the yeah, flyers the fly, feel like the they're flyers good. were they're three good. and one and I saw yeah. I saw that big head hockey account being like wow Torts has got them those players playing hard and now they're five and six so it's like shut up <laughs> so it's like yeah like. Edmonton Oilers and, and the Calgary Flames oh, are three, the two Oilers of the worst five teams in, in the NHL. I would right now, much so. rather be in the least spot than the Oilers spot right now. Exactly. Jack which Campbell is... getting waved was, oh my God. I know it was a gamble. It was a gamble on Jack Campbell. He had a limited sample size of being a starter. His stats were okay, especially underlying numbers wise. Um, but to, for him to get like waved. A year and a half into a year and a bit into this five year contract, we did say I would rather have Jack Campbell for five years at five mil than Matt Murray for two years at four point six. We were insanely wrong there, but that was because that was because Matt Murray just went on LTIR and just sailed off into the sunset. Like if you still had Matt Murray right now, you would have had to get rid of TJ Brody to, to be crazy. able to get keep Wool on the roster, or you lost Samson on. I lost sleep over that uh, the Matt Murray stuff, and I was very relieved when the news came out about him. Uh, I shouldn't say I was. I shouldn't say I was relieved. That's not very good. But like, I hope he's nice doing okay. Part. I hope his body's doing okay. But like, cap wise, I feel 
a lot yeah. better. I feel I feel bad for saying that. I'd never want to like Anyways. I'm never happy when a guy gets hurt. But yeah. So in terms of what the Anyways. what is wrong with the Leafs defensively, just an entire mess. You need a, a, like McCabe coming back is a is a blessing, but you still need a second pairing right defenseman. If it's Giordano Klingberg on the third pairing limited role, like maybe I'd like to see maybe if that could if like you scale back the minutes if that could work maybe and like sheltered them a bit more. Um, and then the fourth line sucks. You need something up to upgrade that. So if, if we were to get a guy like Zadorov, if we were to get a guy like Tanev, what is on the way out? You got to think it's Klingberg no? Uh, to make money work. Yeah. Right. That's the only right. thing that makes sense here. Right. So, okay. That was just be, curious. But like Klingberg's not an asset. He's a negative right now. You have to pay I would ar- Get rid of him. I, I disagree with that. I wholeheartedly. How? Wholeheartedly. Would Cal- what would Calgary with do with Klingberg? You could flip Klingberg. Klingberg, for Klingberg got dealt for assets last year, making double the amount he makes right now. Yeah, it was closer think- to a decent season last year. So you could say, oh, half a season in Anaheim, the worst team in the league. All right, that's a wash. But he was playing on the Toronto Maple Leafs, who made the playoffs last year, who've made the playoffs the last seven years, and he's looked horrible. He's looked horrible defensively. I'm not going to lie, but he's looked very good offensively, though. He's looked really good offensively. Yeah, he's had like some fumbles. But how and many gaps teams where are looking fell. for an offense, a one dimensional offensive defense? Every team at the deadline. For four is mil and can't, you can't um, hold money back. Every team is looking for a $4 million one dimensional defenseman. I think you can sell Calgary on taking him. I think you could sell Calgary on taking him. And I think Calgary would be able to flip him at the deadline and get assets for him. I have a hard time, especially if it makes money. Take them for free. If it makes money work, and they like the deal that they like, they like the package that they're getting from the Leafs. They would do it, and I don't think they would because again, it's a one-year deal, right? You're gonna have to match salary somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. what? What the Leafs are expected to just cap dump, like like literally just get what? Get it's it's either that or get rid of like a either Tyler Bertuzzi or get rid of Max Domi or get rid of. I don't know how you move David Camp, who makes two and a half, two point four million dollars yes. over the next four years. How do you move? I don't know how you move. I don't even think moving Callie Yarncrook will be enough. Who makes two point no. one for the next uh, three years? All those, right? A lot the, of the next options have been playing well. Yeah, so like, there's that's literally the only option. So, I mean, maybe I, I just don't think maybe people can tell us if you think that John Klingberg would would be uh you'd have to pay to move him. I don't think he would be someone you would have to pay to move. But. I think it would be tough, but that's where we defer. Uh, anyways, on the positive side, I did want to get into this a little bit this week. Last week, but, we were asking all these questions. Yeah, you said something? I was just going to say, before we get into our positives, we have to let everyone know about the positive things that the Raycon company is doing. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it? Right now, before the crowds and packed calendars, make shopping an absolutely total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early bird Black Friday special is going on right now. You heard us talk about Raycon before. You heard about us talk about their earbuds, their products. They have a water filter, which is kind of crazy to me. They're kind of a jack of all trades. You should check out their website. Raycon is first, the first made a name for themselves in the audio space with their products like the Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And over this past year, they've expanded. They have their Raycon Home, Raycon PowerTech. Uh, their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power de- delivery. They have their faucet filter. Ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face, brush your teeth is clean. And, you know, actually, you know it's clean. So, uh, like I mentioned, that faucet filter is some crazy stuff here. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. You heard me right. That is 50% off. So beat the crowds. 
Save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That is buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. Um, Let's get I was positive. reading something wow. uh, that just came across my desk, we'll call it. Um, I love that. Asked if he's concerned about King Klingberg's play. Sheldon Keefe said, yes. Um, what needs to change specifically? We need to protect him better. Essentially, we need to move him down the lineup. He was also pretty critical of the Leafs defensively. He was, I'm par- paraphrasing, but he was mentioning, we talk about the guys who score and put up big numbers, but we don't talk about what they give up. Um, I'm wondering if that's the Domi line simply because they've scored the past two games. Yes, but they've also given up goals the past two games as well. So, hmm, that that, that quote there doesn't... That I don't quote? know, are the, are the teams, like, is the team listening to this guy? Have they tuned him out? Like, the defensive, he said it was a bit of everything, bit of individual, bit of the structure, bit of guys staying on course. That quote sounds like someone who's, like, one foot out the out the door in my opinion he sounds like he said he's it's said in there somewhere i'm paraphrasing this is horrible journalism but i don't really care um we're far from journalists on this show (laughs) but he was saying the concern is very high we broke the you you broke the victor mete signing so yeah that was (laughs) (laughs) anyways he if you also look, is- I, I think I've mentioned this before. Tyler Ennis, I tweeted that one first before Pagnata. So that's hilarious. Like a whole 12 hours before. So suck that. <laughs> that, um, was, that was years ago. That was 2019, 18, something like that. But anyways. Yeah. So uh, what were you saying? He was saying though. Sorry. Essentially the team's defense sucks. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. And it was, uh, it's not just individual guys. It's a bit of structure. It's a bit of individual. It's a little bit of everything, but the defensive concern from Sheldon Keith is very high right now. I thought like the third line generating more offensively and being first on pucks was great. I thought Max Domi looked better at center. There was more room for him yes, uh, yes. to work with the puck. He was making smarter plays. He was able to, to do more. I mean, they had two points. They've two goals in the last two games. And that was a lot more than what you could say from the third line from the previous games, right? Like there was that one game in Tampa, they had two points, right? But that was, as I mentioned, one of them was a a complete fluke. So there was that. Like Nick Robertson looks pretty good, I would say. He hasn't played very, very much over the past two games, but I was really happy with the amount of times that he was able to be first on the puck, win puck battles with his speed, be able to start the cycle. He was playing everything, like everything was playing to his strengths and making the simple play. And tonight his goal was gross. And after that goal, I thought the energy, like you were at the game, the crowd energy was good. Everything was rolling. Everything was going in the right direction. Like what the, what happened? Honestly, I don't know. John Klingberg happened, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was, that was a nasty goal, by the way. We didn't, we, we didn't really get to touch on the Robertson's, but, yeah, the sauce so, on the sauce on that from Domi cool. was his so assist gross. the night before. Um, I think if Callie Yarncroft got an assist on that goal, then Callie Yarncroft has a four game point streak going, so that's pretty nice. Um, but yeah, the sauce from Domi, well, the sauce was too much. It was the handle from yes. Nick Robertson to be able to get that puck on net in the it net. Would, it, to be fair, I, I can see why Domi like why it was too much because like he had to like do a lot to he get drew that a call. across. Domi drew yeah. a call on that one too. Oh really? That. I didn't even realize that. Wow. It was a delayed penalty. Wow. Um they drew that that line drew two penalties. Well, they drew two penalties and had a goal, but like one of them was off a delayed penalty. Yeah. So I didn't even get to see that. that. Um but, but that's awesome. Like that that but like this is so quick well, let me just wrap up the Keith comment that like very calculated by him though, because he said, what did he say? He said something about like, we talk about the guys going score scoring goals, but not the guys doing it the other way or something along the lines of like that. Yeah, like being scored uh, against. 
Well, coincidentally enough, there were two players on the Leafs who didn't get scored on at five on five, and they were Simon Benoit and TJ Brody. So, wow. very calculated by Sheldon Keith. Basically, smart of him to say that right now. Well, didn't get scored, scored on, but he was in the penalty box for one of them. Yes, but I, 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 I'm saying like I guess he said that because as a way to just also once again call out the entire team that it's not just about offense; it's about defense too. Maybe I don't know. Again, like I said, that seems like it's a guy who's like one, one foot maybe potentially out the door. I don't know. I don't know. But okay, I want to talk about positive stuff. Right. Max Domi was on for two goals against a five on five. Only yes, one tonight. four. And then Nick Robertson, one and one. Callie Arncrock, one and one as well. One and one. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. Klingberg was on for four against. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> which is crazy. But was, uh, he, was he good, though? He's good offensively. He, yeah, he's on the ice he's for one goal shit. offensively. That's beautiful. But no, let's, let's touch on the positive stuff, though. Okay. Because... I touched on it a bit earlier. I, I think we potentially listen. The, the defensive game is not there yet. Feel like that. I'm bullish on that coming with time, but I feel like offensively we have finally have it. What feels like a top nine. That's something to be positive about. Our third line finally looks good. Something to be positive about. You mentioned this to me. I was like looking at the numbers for the second line. They're like, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi on that line second played line awesome fantastic. Tonight. Yeah, they've been great. Awesome. Bertuzzi First line is goal. buzzing. Like, and you could tell from the drop of the puck. It wasn't, oh, he's more engaged. No, this guy has not not been trying, whatever. What he was doing was just making the simple play. Like, I, I noticed there was one play. He, to me right now, seems to be trying to fit everything through dangerous areas. And he's trying to find the most dangerous pass to put it through. Those are low percentage and it often kills the cycle. Sometimes you just have to make the simplest play. And from his, probably not his first puck touch because I missed the first couple of shifts. But the first time I saw him touch the puck in the first period, it was the simple play and just get it on net. And then that started another cycle. And then when you add this, these simple plays, more simple plays to the fact that he wins a lot of puck battles. That's a lot more time in the offensive zone and that's going to lead to more goals. Right. So yeah, I thought him just like not trying to do too much when he gets the puck that felt a lot better tonight from that line. And they had a goal and they had another, I would say three chances to go along with it. How about John Tavares, though? Two big face-off wins that ended up in the back of the net. That was nice. Yep. That's very nice. One off, one on the penalty power, power play, play, excuse me, as well. I mean, I, I like that is this to me should be the story of, and it's not going to be because people are going to like people listen. People want negativity, and people, I don't know, like it's not about it, wanting it, negativity. Not, the defense sucked to another. Like, no, they, they played whole, all right tonight, minus. But, five shifts, right? Yeah, they, but they, be, they did, but the defense overall, even outside of those five shifts, the defense was horrible tonight. You gave up a four a five spot against Tampa, you gave up another five spot against Buffalo plus an empty netter for six. But to be fair, like we kind of talked about this before the season and maybe we didn't touch on it enough, but like we the guys we sent out were very good defensively, but the guys we brought in are really good offensively. That's what's going to happen when you do stuff like that in the offseason. On top of that, we're rolling no offense to William Lagason. William Lagason and Simon Benoit, like those are our five, six right now, basically. So it's like Mark Giordano as well. I, I love and respect Mark Giordano. He's 40 years old. He's playing in our top four. That just doesn't, he shouldn't, like he's good. He's not, I'm not saying he's poor. He's mm-hmm. playing poorly, but like that just doesn't need to happen. We we shouldn't be having him up there. It's like that's part of the problem as well. And no, you know what? You're you're right. Like we we do need to be better defensively, but this mm. should have been partially expected because think about all the forwards who went out and think about all the forwards we brought in. So defensive defensively right now as a unit, our forwards who we brought in are not as good defensively as mm-hmm. the ones that left and def- defensively like for our defense. Yes. We're missing two defensemen. That's that. So yeah. Okay. So that is true. That's a good point. So that's the perfect storm right now. You're missing two top four defensemen right now. Yes. You, your third line is no longer Pierre Engvall, Ilya Mikheyev, David Camp shutdown line. It's Nick Robertson offensive. It's Max Domi offensive. 
and Cali Yarncroc, who is just he, he's along just, for the yeah, does he's both, just I guess, a, kind of. a standard he's, okay player, yes, right? Yeah. So yeah, that definitely does make sense and should have been um should That's, have been more expected by me, especially losing two top four defensemen on this streak. The issue also, like the, the just the fourth line, though, that's inexcusable. I don't give a shit what been, your idea yeah. was. No, no, that that it's been bad. Ryan Reeves sucks. Like that's there's no other way to put it. Ryan David Reeves Camp sucks. has David been Camp horrible. Sucks. Like yeah, it's unplayable. At this point. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, so. but that is like such an easy fix, I think, though, and it, it could potentially be an easy fix within our own system too. Uh, even though Pontus homework kind of looks like shit, it's not a whatever. good fix though. Yeah, like maybe we get Bobby call some up, Okay, you get you get McMahon, you get Holmberg, and you get Alex Steves. Is that a real NHL line though? Together? Oh, oh you're right. All due respect oh. to Steve. Steve's playing great in the AHL. Bobby McMahon is still coming back from injury. Pontus Holmberg is we up and down. Him. I don't know. He's yeah. okay. He's maybe okay-ish. I don't know. Right, yeah, but yeah, they're definitely going to need some moves to be made. Guys, guys need to get healthy. Yes. Moves need to be made, and certain guys need to wake the fuck up. Yes, positives though. Our top four best players look like our top four best players. That's Still insane. not missing a beat. Still not missing a beat. Still not missing a step. Tyler Bertuzzi, like we said before, even though people were some for some reason bagging on him for like not trying or like I don't people know, are going people going nuts on him this I th- week. I think people also have a different. I don't know who who the people were who are going nuts on him. Maybe they like I don't know. Maybe people just had a different like thought or idea of what Tyler Bertuzzi was going to be to this team and just hasn't like just his style it's because he's a he's not a good skater. It wasn't a good start. Like let's let's get real. He no, was of course doing, not. As we mentioned last episode, he was doing a lot of little good things, but it wasn't equaling up to production or like a yeah. lot of noticeable chances. Yeah. Because I, I again I, I think he was trying to fit too many paths. He was trying to be too perfect. He was trying to create something on every single play. I think with this like with him simplifying what he's doing and simplifying his game with the puck and you know, trying to get more prolonged possessions, that we're going to start to see more for production and such, right? But yeah, I don't. I was getting so sick of the the Tyler Bertuzzi bashing because it was just so dumb. Yeah, it's. I I mean, yeah, I'm just not going to pay attention to that. But again, I just wanted to highlight that as a positive that I think he's been playing well this year. And then on top of that, Max Domi started to play better this week Max- too. We're we're like this. We're like this. We were like now we're going up. But we it's were two like games. Plateau. Now we're going. It's two yeah, games. That's... You still you're going to be exposed to a lot of different things. It's a small sample size. Let's yep. Check off this week and let's. Well, it was good offensively. I mean, yeah. Still that, minus one is not great. That's but... the biggest thing though. To me, Max Domi in the first ten games looked like a fish out of water on the wing he's at lost. center. He looks much much like. It it was like a noticeable shift in his game that he looks a lot better at center defensively yeah, again. He can work on it too. <laughs> and then I'm still gonna go with the positives. Nick Robertson got like let's go. Like there's a yeah, lot to be happy about here. Lot lot to be happy about here. He looks like an NHL player. He looks good. He looks healthy. So I'm I'm happy right now. I'm I'm positive. Bad losses. It's only game 13. We're gonna win a lot of games. We're gonna lose some games too. Cannot win them all. And I do not think. There is no chance that this team comes anywhere close. There's no chance this team comes close to the wild card, let alone miss the playoffs. So maybe we can clip this three months from now, four months from now, and people will laugh at me. But I don't think there's like, I don't, I'm not worried until like we're 60 games in the season and we are like, like we have to basically win out to make the playoffs. Like that's, that's when I'll be worried. Cause like we've been there before where it's been like 40 games and it's like, we're not in a playoff spot right now. Like, no, does it like then we go off on a heater the last 40 games and we end up second in the place in the division like we do every freaking year. So like, I'm not, I'm still not worried about it. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm conditioned. Maybe I'm numb to it. Like, but I think I'm you're rem- misremembering the last two years. Cause they were in a, they were fully in playoff spots, 40 games in. 
And then they went on heaters in November. And then that went down them off. And then like, yeah, yeah so, tailed off whatever a little bit here and there, but anyways, I, I'm not worried. <laughs> All right. I'm positive. All right. All right. So, uh, two big games this weekend, Friday and Saturday, I believe against the Flames and the oh. Canucks. Don't quote me on that. Look it up. I look probably it up right now. But if, if Flames again, yeah, Flames on the Friday. It says tomorrow on my yeah. computer because it's technically Thursday right now. Uh, and Flames then Flames versus Canucks, Canucks right. Friday, Friday, Saturday game, and then we got a long break. Is that the, supposed to be that week Sweden. break that every team? Oh, the Sweden, Sweden game. And then it's That's Friday, November 17th in yes. Sweden at Avicii Arena. So Jake McCabe's hopefully coming back soon. Seems to be inching his way back. And hopefully that helps to solve some issues. Hopefully this was a wake-up call defensively and some forwards, you know. I posted two ugly screenshots where it's just four guys fucking – with their dicks in their hands, staring at the fucking puck. Just disgraceful nonsense. Oh, God. I can't. Uh, it's a long season. It's a long so, season. Just keep reminding away. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Buckle in. All right. Is that all you got on the docket? Um, uh, That's it for me. Perfect. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco.